Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mama's Pearls. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and joining us today is our co-hostess, Melissa. Melissa, say hi. Hi, hi everybody. <laughs> and waiting in the queue, we have two very special guests that um, I can't wait to introduce you all to and to hear from. Um, this entire week, we, this entire month has been a celebration of our educational system as it's our back-to-school month here at Mama's Pearls and for families all across America. So we've been really looking at education from all different ang- angles as well as child development. And um, and it, what's been interesting, at least from, from my point of view, is that we've been not really talking about the curriculum. And I thought that at least when we had Marlon on the show, when he, when he was talking about the school administration and kind of hand-holding parents, Not um, not about communication, but about curriculum. And what we've been finding is that it's not necessarily about the substantive material and subjects that they're learning, that we are really working in our, our team that we have together with our educational system and our teachers and all of our partners. We're all really working together as a community to prepare our children to be able to learn, to prepare their emotional sensibilities, to prepare them basically to be prepared for anything. And that to me has been just really reassuring and um, and just really helpful to kind of take the pressure off. Um, I think there's so many so much pressure on parents, especially of young children, to kind of have like this race with their with their fellow moms and their fellow kids and and their kids' schoolmates to achieve certain um, certain levels of a curriculum before they might be ready for it or like that there's somehow a race to see whose kid who's four years old who could read first or count first or note their colors first. But what we've been really talking is about is the whole well-roundedness of their experience and of their um, their education and setting the fundamental building blocks for them to learn learn and master anything that comes down down the line. So I've been just completely um just completely in awe of this whole this whole month's shows and um and of our special guests and last week we had Julia Pimsler Levine of the company Little Pim who I'm proud to proud to mention is, is an official sponsor of Mama's Pearls and what she was talking about was um you know her passion which stems from her father and you know it just seems like it's one of the legacies that she's carrying on is the love of language and how language is a fundamental 
so building blocks to all that we learn later on. Um, and it's really not necessarily the, the P's and Q's of a language, but it's learning how to communicate and express what you are feeling and how you're seeing the world, as well as your ability to understand the world and what's going around going on around you and to decode what your your parents and your teachers and your friends, you know, want and expect of you. So, um, you know, Julia was talking about her own experience and as a as being raised by a father who is multilingual and she learned, you know, both English and French and um and her passion to create the little Tim products and really using um using language as an extra learning tool to help your kids have um, have more cognitive strengths, because um, there's been you know numerous studies done about the the positive benefits of learning a second lang second language for your kids' abilities to to grow and deepen over time. So. I was really excited to to talk to her and hear what what she had to say about it and she gave us a ton of good tips about how to approach languages if you're you know if you're feeling pressure or, or not really sure where to start um, where to start and how to walk them through it and um, and her approach to to introducing your children to many different languages <laughs> over the course over the course of, of their young years and we were talking about the primary window to introduce children to a new language is up to the age of five now that doesn't mean that after five they close down um, but it does take a little bit more um, more training and more exposure and a little bit more work for them to pick it up but when they're in their real formative years they're just sponges and they're learning to tune in from the instant that they're born into um, the language of their native and their mother's tongue. So if you're introducing them to their mother's tongue and also some what might be foreign tongues and if you have relatives that speak a foreign language, have them speak a foreign that you know in their language to your children and just watch how they absorb it. Um, and that'll be some really good planting seeds for them to, to really blossom over time. So if you haven't figured out by now, Mama's Pearls is really a family brand, and we will talk about pretty much everything and anything. And we like to say that we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them, string them together. You know, we see that we are all one and all connected, and we kind of explore the ways that, um, that we are connected, even if we're talking about something that's completely different than what you're doing. Um, I find that building, building up a line of communication and support just helps us see see people from a different perspective and build a tolerance and an ex exposure, which is one of the core things that Julia was saying um, about learning different languages. You learn to see people from from their neck of the woods, and it just brings us all closer. Um, so in Mama's Pearls, we basically we have like a weekly setup where we start our conversations on Facebook, and then we move to the Mama's Pearls blog, which is posted at www.mamaspearls.com. And then on Wednesdays today, we have our Mama's Pearls radio show, which you can listen to any of the past archives 
um, past shows in the archives, which is at blogtalkradio.com slash mamaspearls. And then Melissa wraps up the week and usually leaves us with a little cliffhanger <laughs> with her posts um, and blog called M's Gems, which you can also find at www.mamaspearls.com. You can contact Melissa and I at any time, either on Facebook or at Cynthia at mamaspearls.com or Melissa at mamaspearls.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Cintweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. Okay, now that I've done my housekeeping homework, um, Melissa, I really wanted to get your sense because um, I know we're diving into a topic where when you and I have our weekly brainwashing sessions about what we're going to be talking about um, on Mama's Pearls and on the show and in the blogs, that there were two areas that we just both were like completely stumped about. And one was with respect to single moms raising their kids, which we just were both completely in awe of. And the second one we were talking about education was the whole notion of, of homeschooling. And exactly. I think you nailed it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think also a lot of it, and just to pull it into last week where we're talking about teaching our kids a second language and how the earlier the better. Well, our kids aren't in school until they're not in based on the curriculum until they're five years old. And so if studies are showing that we should be starting or implementing stuff right in our home, this kind of links us to saying, well, wow, that's a lot of responsibility. And then you and I said, well, imagine we have to, like, homeschool our kids and give them, like, teach them everything. <laughs> Here we're told, we're told we just have to put on a couple of videos and leave the room, basically. Um, and so I think this is why um, this is just a fascinating topic. And I think um, even when we started on Facebook this week, and you posted the con- you know the the question, would you and could you, and if you would you if you could, and uh, it's interesting to see one off the bat uh, people's assumptions about homeschooling, who does it, why you would do it, and 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 the, they they immediately think of the cons to it. Um, but yet, when you open your mind and, and learn a little bit more, it actually seems amazing. And the truth is, think about all the moms out there that would jump to go on the school trip with their kids. So clearly, they want to be part of that process. So um, I'm excited to, to hear more and learn a little bit more about it and open up people's minds to understanding, you know, there's probably a, a huge pat on the back for the moms that are taking on that challenge or even dads out there. I, I've never heard of a dad doing the homeschooling, but... <laughs> um, I want to hear some more. And I'll give full disclosure. Our guest today, one of our guests, is a cousin by marriage to me. And I kind of was there at the beginning when her thought process went there into, um, and she's going to share the process with us. But I was there when she was starting to learn about it and came to that decision. And I was completely baffled. And I admire, admire her for what she's doing because I kind of, there's this like, Internal relief when they get on the bus every morning. It's almost like I, I wave with giddiness. And so, um, and I, you know me, I admit that. Bye-bye. Have fun. See ya. Talk <laughs> on. But I'm also curious to know if her mornings are as scary and hairy as my mornings because I literally, from the minute the alarm goes off, there's like a, like a two-hour window of complete chaos in my house. I mean, Grapes are flying across the kitchen to get them in the snack bag. And, you know, I just had the news that we have to send two snacks now and lunch. And I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> so uh, let's, let's get into this. 
Yeah, it just seems like a whole added level of stress. And when we were talking with Marlon, he was like, well, you really need to prepare your kids to know how to listen and to be respectful and to share and to care. And, you know, I can take on that job. But the whole notion and responsibility to take on the full gamut of being responsible for my child's education, that seems so overwhelming to me. Like, I just... You know, I just know, I mean, I feel like if I got pushed into a corner and if I had to, I would, and I think everybody feels that way. Like, you don't know the kind of depths of the strengths of resources that you do have to do something until, you know, you have to do it. So could I do it? Sure. Would would it be something I would do by choice? Probably not. And I think a lot of parents feel that way, which is why I'm really excited to um, talk to both our guests today about their experiences and their successes and failures around homeschooling because I think, and you said it on Facebook, there's such a fear of the unknown, and I do want to debunk some of the myths around homeschooling because when I started doing research, there's so many resources available, and it's not just you figuring figuring it out on your own. Like they, there is curriculum, there is support groups, um, and so you know, with that, let's go ahead and introduce our our guests. And if you want to call in, if you have something that you have a particular question on, feel free to call into the show today. The call in number is three four seven three two seven nine four five zero. So our, um, I'm going to bring both of our guests on now. One of our guests, Anna, who is full disclosure, is one of, one of my um, business partners, and I've known Anna Dara for since 2004 when we launched the Spiritual Cinema Circle, and she's just been um, a really guiding grace and just savior of our whole work experience, and she makes the Spiritual Cinema Circle happen. Um, she lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I know last I remember talking to her, and she has a teenage daughter who's amazing, and she was talking about how how different um, and how displeased she was with the with the public schools in Santa Fe, and I think that's a lot of a lot that goes on besides um, besides you know a religious reason for wanting to keep your your child home, but when you're really not happy with your school system and you think that you can do better, that you give it a try, and she had an amazing plan worked out for her child, um, and she started doing it and then stopped. And then our next guest, which we're going to bring on, Tracy, um, who you mentioned is your cousin, has been successfully homeschooling her children, who she has three children, including a pack of twins. So this is a really interesting um, panel today, homeschool panel, and I'm just very happy to welcome Anna Dara. Anna, are you with us? I'm here. Thanks. And Tracy, Tracy, are you on with us too? I'm here. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh my God, I'm I'm really happy that that you two have joined us. And you know, I'm just going to start and throw it out there that I think anybody who homeschools their child and takes it upon themselves is such a brave person and a brave soul. And I'm just completely amazed and in awe. So um, let's start with Anna. Can you just tell us a little bit about your experience and your reason, and you know, what was what were you excited about, and why didn't it work? Well, I mean, it's, 
you know, it's kind of a big, long story, so I'm going to try and cut it down I and make it, it as short as I can. But I want to say, you know, talking to what Melissa was talking about, about the first two hours of chaos, you know, when the alarm goes off, and and honestly, like, what a bitch I am by the end of that two hours, you know, and how difficult that is, the morning is and how much I don't like myself through the stress of the morning hours. And I've got to tell you, it's one of the best reasons to homeschool your kids because when you homeschool your kids, you wake up, you know, how you wake up. It's a natural process. You're not having to wake up every day by an alarm clock. You're not having to get somebody somewhere by 8:10 in the morning. And so it actually – creates a much calmer environment that starts calm and stays calm. So that's one thing I wanted to say. Um, And the way it worked for me was that my daughter was at a school that she chose at two and a half years old. She drove us to it and said, this is where I want to go to school. And so it was a Montessori school, and she stayed there for 10 years. And by the end of that 10 years, she had been very sort of pigeonholed. I mean, she was kind of – everybody – thought they knew who she was. She was assumed to be that same person every single day for 10 years. And so here she was, 12 years old, and we were ready to go to a middle school. And the middle schools here are either horrible public schools or really expensive private schools. And just as we were trying to figure out, do we just put her into another school after 10 years of this one experience, I was at a, a, a meeting, and a woman walked up to me and said, how is your extraordinary daughter? And I said, she's extraordinary. And she said, where is she going to school? And I said, well, we're trying to figure that out. And she said, why don't you keep her with you? Why don't you stay with her for a while? I mean, this is the most amazing time in her life. If you can stay with her, it would be incredible. And all of a sudden, I realized, wow, you know, here's this very unique 12-year-old who loves me and wants to be with me. It, it's actually you know, I wasn't sure how she would feel about it, but I brought it home and I said, what would you think about homeschooling? What would you think about just you and me doing this for a couple of years? And she lit up. She was so excited about the idea. And just the fact that I had a 12-year-old daughter who wanted to be with her mom was, you know, unique enough. And, and I didn't, you know, I thought, I don't want to blow that, you know. So we started to dream up the possibility. I mean, instead of paying $8,000 a year for school, which has now doubled now that she's actually in middle school. But at the time, that's what it was. Um, You know, why don't we plan one trip every semester so that we go to a different country every semester? And we basically, what I was hoping it would be was a very um, curiosity-driven curriculum. I mean, you know, she had done all the math and the English, and she was all set up and prepared. I didn't feel worried about this, this was the gift of not starting until she was 12, was that she was already set up with all of the basics of education. So I didn't have to worry about whether or not she was going to be able to do, you know, her times tables. So I, we, we came up with a really an inspiring two years, and we were just going to do middle school for two years, homeschooling, where we traveled every, every semester for one month to a different country, and we were going to do a house exchange and see if it could all work. Well... What ended up happening is house exchanges are actually very difficult to set up, and we didn't find, even though we live in Santa Fe in a fabulous house where you would think it would be easy to sort of do a house exchange, it takes a long time to set one up, and we didn't have that much time to do it. So instead, we, I ended up being invited to a film festival where they were paying my way in Greece, and I said, yes, let's do it. I got myself there for free and paid for my daughter to come, and we spent two weeks in Greece, the first four days were at a film festival, and the rest was 
and learning. And it was an extraordinary experience, just an amazing experience and such a coming-of-age trip. And just the two of us, and it was brilliant. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that for anything in the world, and I wouldn't have been able to do it if she had been in school. So I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for that experience. I was expecting that she would be more self-directed during, during this semester. I was expecting that at 12 years old I could say to her, hey, what are you curious about today? Or, you know, this week, you, you mentioned something about opera last week. Do you want to research it this week and write me a paper? And I would expect her to be excited and interested. But what happened was she became a teenager in that time period. <laughs> so she went from, you know, having fun with mom and being excited to be with mom to wanting to tell me no all the time, wanting to, to resist everything I was asking her to do. And suddenly it became a nightmare. It was like waking up in the morning. She was resisting waking up. She was resisting getting out of bed. She was resisting cleaning up her room, she, you know, and that was even before breakfast, you know, and then by the time I would say, what do you want to do? She'd say, I just want to read. And I had friends who said, so what? You know, if she reads for two years, big deal. Even if it's, you know, stupid novels, we don't have TV and she reads for entertainment. So, you know, she's a unique kid anyway, but they were like, that's not going to hurt her. But for me, I wanted to see her doing something. And I'm a single mom, and I was trying to work at the same time. So by the end of that semester, it was like I was just, I woke up yelling, and I went to sleep yelling. And it was like, this isn't working. I'm not getting my work done. She's not doing anything really constructive. She's not accomplishing goals. She's not self-directed. She needs authority to tell her what to do, when to do it, to grade it, and give her a response. And the other thing was, as a teenager, she needed people to bounce herself off of. She's trying to figure out who she is. And I was the only person she had to bounce herself off of. Like, so basically, by the end of the semester, girl. yeah, you know. So by the end of the semester, I was like, "There's something else we can do here. We've got to figure out a way out of this. I feel like I'm in prison here. This is not working." And the school that she really wanted to go to in two days said, "We'd love her to start immediately. You know, she can start day one of the first semester, which is two days from now. You know, in January." And she began. And and what was interesting was we were afraid that after 10 years at a Montessori private school and then a semester of homeschooling that she might be behind, and it was just the opposite. It was so easy that she was bored until she started saying, look, I'm really bored, and they started to give her more challenge. And by the end of the semester, they had sort of caught up with who she is. But um, there wasn't any flag, you know, there wasn't any, like, she wasn't lacking in any area, which was so relieving to me. And she loves it, and she assimilated really quickly and easily, and it was, a, it was a great thing. She's going there this year, and she's loving it. So there's my success story of <laughs> right. success, it's, failure, it's, and experiment. Right. And, and, you know, and I almost forgot at the beginning that you hit upon, you know, two of Melissa and I's things, that you are a single mom who decided to, to homeschool, at least have a little bit of a trial. And... Um, and I think that the experience that you had, at least, with the, you know, with going to Greece, that is something that neither of you will ever forget. But, um, but, you know, I think it's different when you're talking about young children versus a teenager and making the switch. And also, I think you hit upon a couple of really key points. You know, one being um, having that added dimension of having a sub, uh, almost like an objective third-party person in the mix as an authority figure. 
Um, and that's something like, you know, it's enough, like there, there is a, that ingrained and implied relationship that you are the authority as the parent to your child and the parent-child relationship. But there's something different that, you know, kids know that they're not going to get away with as much stuff when there is a third-party um, teacher present who's kind of laying down the law for your kids. Um, and I would think, yeah, definitely butting heads with a teenage <laughs> teenage girl would would happen. Um, so you know that that I, that is one thing. You know, take, taking on that role is um, you know is huge. And how do you how do you how do you manage that? So um, Anna, thank you so much for for sharing that that story with us and um, there's just a chock full of information and I, I know you you have another call at 12 but I really wanted to hear this hear your experience from you you're welcome to stay on obviously if you want to um, you know kind of ditch your other call but um, but thank you so much for for sharing that with us and thanks for inviting me on anytime you've inspired us to look into boarding schools for the teenage years yeah. <laughs> You're funny. Yeah, that's well, awesome. <laughs> and I have to, I have to say, living in Santa Fe, I mean, there are extremes here. You know, there, I know people who quote unschooled their kids. I don't know if you've heard about this, but it's literally, and you're supposed to do it from day one, so that they never touch a school because with the concept that school just wrecks your mind. School creates, you know these constraints and constructs around your brain that just limit a child and limit what your brain can do and limit how you learn and, you know, try and put structures on things that should be wide open. And so I know people who are in their early 20s who were unschooled, who never set foot in a school their entire lives. Wow. And the, and what they do now is they go around and they're, like, interested in something, so they go learn it. And something that would take me two years to learn, they learn in two months, and they become proficient and good at it very quickly. It's wild. But I would say they're, they're maybe lacking a little bit of direction, perhaps. I don't know what the – you know, I'm not saying it's, like, the answer to anything, but there are extremes in this field, you know. And so I felt like whatever I did, I wasn't going to screw her up. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, <laughs> but it was I worth experimenting. You haven't. She's she's quite an an extraordinary young young woman. So yeah, and I don't think you have much to, much to worry about. But I think you being brave enough to do the experiment just in and of itself is amazing. And I do want to have you back because I do. I always thought it was ironic that. Um, that you're an expert basically in the film field and you don't even own a TV. So um, <laughs> we'll talk more about media literacy and, and, and children on the next time that we had Anna Darrow with us. So Anna, thanks again so much for, for coming on and Thank sharing you. your experience with the Mama's Pearls family. Thank you. Have a great show. Thanks. Thank you so much, honey. Okay. So now, Tracy. Yes. Okay, so I would love your your kind of feedback and contrast and to hear, um, you know, a little bit about where you live, what the process and decision-making was for you to homeschool your children. Okay. First, that was an amazing story. And, you know, homeschooling right. is not for everyone. And we say that we homeschool this year, <laughs> and then we'll see where next year takes us because, 
I don't know how long I'm going to do this, um, but it's working for us right now. So that's kind of how the approach that we take. And what happened was when my son was three, I started talking to other parents that had older children, and they were um, school-age children, and asked them what kind of what school they went to, and negative. Not one parent had one good thing to say about the school system. Um, about where, the public. Where do you live? We live in Florida, okay. in South Florida. Now, but her son's an incredible been, swimmer. But go on, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> so it could have just been the particular area that we live in. Um, but I was starting to get nervous. I was starting to want to move. I, um, at that time, there was a private school was out of the option. I had two small twins at home. Um, and I, I had actually heard that the school that he was zoned for was a rough elementary school, and I thought, well, here I have this kind of quiet, creative, artistic boy. This is just not going to work for him. So I had some friends and um, that were thinking about homeschooling. I had heard about homeschooling. I had other family members that had homeschooled, but I was worried that, he was going to be weird if I homeschooled. I thought, is this really going to work? And then I started to meet other homeschoolers. And I thought, wow, these kids are really neat. They aren't lacking in socialization. Um, they were friendly, polite, outgoing. Uh, it, was, it was just great. So the first thing I did was to hook up with other homeschoolers. And without that, I don't think I could have ever made the decision to do it um, they took me under their wing. They led me to resources that would help me. And so we started. Um, I kind of started when he was four. I mean, technically he wasn't, you know, really supposed to be in school. They didn't have to be in school at four. But our friends were already starting a program which is called VPK or Voluntary uh, Pre-Kindergarten. So our friends were leaving us and we had to make new friends. And... Um, I didn't get any curriculum for that year, and then the next year, I started to do research and try to find out about learning styles, what type of learning style I thought he was, the different teaching methods. Uh, there's Charlotte Mason, classical education, unit study. There, there are the unschoolers. I just wasn't brave to tackle, brave enough to tackle that. Um, and so we started in kindergarten, and um, here we are now in first grade. Wow. So how did you even narrow it down to figuring out which teaching method? I mean, you're, are, you a, are you a teacher? I'm not a teacher. My background is in business. Um, I'm not a teacher at all. I, I, this has been a discovery process for us, and it's, it's been a journey. I, I wanted to – it's funny, because a lot of people who homeschool, when they think about it, they think of um, – more like the previous caller, like Anna. You know, this is going to be a time of curiosity and discovering things. And I approached it completely different, and I wanted to basically do school at home. And I will tell you, that did not work for us at all. <laughs> I wanted to be okay, so you're not So you're not standing in front of your den with, like, a blackboard and a pointer and, like, 
Okay, who can answer this question? And then it's up to your son to. <laughs> You're the only one there, so the pressure is on him to answer the question. <laughs> that is so funny because I did that in the beginning. I have a blackboard. And, and he was like, what is that? <laughs> so, yes, I did. I tried to be the teacher, and he was the student, and we were going to play school, but he didn't want to play. So, that's interesting. So that didn't that didn't turn you away. You're like, all right, I just gotta figure yes. this out a little bit differently. Yes. And what it turns out to be is he has a different learning style than I do. I am the type right. of kid who fit right into school. Elementary school was awesome. Um, I never had any problems. The teachers all loved me. They invited me over to their house. I had teachers come to my birthday party. Um, high school for me was great. I went to performing arts high school. I love school. My husband didn't have that same experience. And for my son, he's very creative. He would sit and draw all day long. For me, I would sit and do a workbook. I'd love it. Um, right. Read a book, do a workbook. That was fun to me. Uh, so we had to work on other things. And so for kindergarten, there were a lot of phonics games and math games, and um, the library was just, it was our haven because I could get all types of different books, and we could just sit and read and talk about different things. Um, of course, I, I do have some books. I have a math workbook, a handwriting book, and he, you know, sometimes complains, but, you know, there's non-negotiables. We just have a lot more freedom. To, to wow. fit it to his style. And I can already tell that all three of mine are not the same. So they're right. going to need to learn in a different way. Well, that's interesting. How old, how old are your twins? The twins are four. And to be honest, I haven't really done anything with them. Um, I started so young with my son that what happened was, instead of me really being in tune to who he was and allowing him to be who he was and to enjoy learning um, and for him to want to learn, I pushed it because I was looking at other people and I was thinking, well, their kid does this. I better do something here. And so I started with letters and the sounds that letters make when he was three years old. And so by the time he was four, he should have been able to read, but he couldn't. He wasn't ready. He, he couldn't blend those sounds together. Um, and so by kindergarten, I thought, well, now you are going to read. Right. Still struggling. Well, now we're finding out that there may be some dyslexia. We're 98% sure right now that he probably does have dyslexia, um, which is okay. And that is just another great reason for us to homeschool him. Well, even, okay, I, I think there, I have a million questions, but let's just distill it because one of the questions I did have and one of the things I love about having my kids in a school system with other teachers who have seen hundreds and hundreds of kids um, year in and year out, and that's what they're focused on, is to pick up on subtle hints that, you know, your child might have a special need, whether it's dyslexic, whether, you know, my son has speech and language language delays, as I stutter, but language delays, I wonder where he gets it from. Um, and, you know, I I don't know if I would have really noticed that on my own if I had him just by myself. 
And I was really grateful for the teachers to bring that up. So how would you even pick up that he's dyslexic, and where did you go after that? Well, I'm with him every day, part of the day. What was happening is I was seeing the difference between his intelligence and what he could actually do. And I thought, this he is super smart, super creative. And so, you know, the Internet is such a wonderful resource. So you just start Googling. You go- and then, you know, talking to my husband, being with my husband, uh, he was never formally diagnosed with dyslexia. <laughs> but after... You know, we were married. I started to see big signs, and we right. talked about it, and he agreed that, yes, he always felt like he had dyslexia, but nobody did anything to help him. Right. Um, it, was, it also it was wasn't labeled, as that common. It, yeah, it wasn't right. as common to do so much um, teaching and to pick up on stuff. I think we're much more educated now about what to look for and to, you know, get help around things where when our, you know, when we were growing up and when our parents were growing up, it just wasn't as, as common. And how I also think, no, go ahead, Tracy. Our, our school system here in Florida does not recognize dyslexia. They do not believe that it is a true learning difference. Hmm. Okay, so let's so, stop right there. So what kind of schools, like is your school system more on the religious side? Or yeah. what's kind of the, okay, because I, I think that's, um, you know, religious factors when I was doing research was a huge reason why people homeschooled oh. in the first place. And, at home uh, with us. Yes, but it seems like yours is kind of the opposite where, you know, your school system is a little bit more on, you know, with religious beliefs and you wanted to do something a little different. No. The public school system, so the public, I did not initially homeschool for religious reasons at all, although I do have certain convictions um, and morals, the different things that I do instill into my kids every day. Um, that was not my initial reason for homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not happy with the educational system that we were zoned for. And what's funny is we've moved from that area to an area now that has a better school system. Um, it's a more suburban area. And all my friends said, are you going to send them to school now? And I said, no. This this is working for us, and I know that this is the right thing for our family. So let's talk social, because I think that's also one of the the um, the myths about homeschooling. As far as you know, the first thing, even I'll admit, there was someone I was speaking to the other day, and I said, "Oh, we're having Tracy on. She's going to tell us about homeschooling." She's like, "Really?" But how does her kids socialize? And I'm like, "They they're very." Well, socialized kids from the times we hang out, I said, so I'm sure she's got something going on there. But tell us how homeschools start to encourage the socialization skills. Well, first of all, they're learning how to socialize properly on a smaller scale until they're thrown out with a bunch of peers that um, there's not always supervision there. So when they're at home with their brothers and sisters, they're learning what's appropriate and what's not appropriate because I'm in earshot. Um, There are kids in our neighborhood that my son plays with on the weekend. Um, He can't wait to go play with those kids. We have a park day every other Friday. 
that he gets to play with kids. And this is just such the, a big myth. But I believed it, too, before I started homeschooling. My fear was that, you know, I was going to somehow make him weird or strange and he wasn't going to be able to socialize with other kids. But, in fact, I'm finding it is the complete opposite. Homeschooled kids are so friendly. We went to, we, we've moved and we joined a new homeschool group. We went to the park to meet everyone for the first time, and kids were just coming up to him and, hi, my name's so-and-so. You want to go play? And Okay, yeah, I want to play. And The older kids will talk to, talk to and play with the younger kids, push them on the swing, and it, it's a nice atmosphere. So what about the homeschool group? Because this was something when Melissa and I were talking um, that she was saying that, that you are a part of an, a group of moms who homeschool. So what is, what is that support group like? And what do you all you know do for each other? Now I've been in different types of, of different, I've been in different homeschool groups that all have had some type of unique strength. The homeschool group that we were in previously was really geared for support and friendship for the moms. We we did get the kids together as much as possible, but it was a huge support for the moms. Um, we would get together at park days and, and talk about curriculum, talk about discipline issues, just talk about life in general. Um, anytime you had a problem, um, with anything that you might have, you know, my son's not reading yet. I think he should be, be reading. Um, they would kind of lead you in the right direction or they would be supportive. I went through that too. Maybe try this. Um, they, the, the homeschool groups have been an invaluable resource for me. Now that we've moved, we're part of a larger homeschool group, which has just amazing co-ops. Um, that they offer for the kids. There are, um, they have book clubs, um, Lego leagues. Um, the, uh, they're doing sign language. It's just when the moms get together and start brainstorming, they can come up with some great ideas to um, expose the kids to. Yeah, you don't have to sell this audience that moms are amazing <laughs> solution yes, and idea people. So yeah. it's, it's and it's interesting, Tracy, because I remember last year you would pull up, you would sometimes post photographs and share some of the projects you were doing. And it was funny to see how, you know what, you're, 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 you're doing similar stuff to that, the stuff that my kids are doing in school. And I was almost jealous to this point that you were doing it at home. And I was like, oh my God, my kids are doing, my kids are doing the same thing. And if you remember with the butterfly project, um, right, right. The coolest thing was we were looking up how to say butterfly at breakfast one morning. It was like a Sunday, and I was trying to, it was in one of my, let's teach my children over breakfast modes. And um, and I think it was because you had your pictures posted. And I remember we looked up, and it turns out that butterfly in Spanish is mariposa. And Ellie, you know, she lit up because um, she loved the Barbie movie, Mariposa. Right. <laughs> she was like, right, oh, yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely, um, there's an, a level of um, admiration that you get to watch them, the, uh, that you yeah. see the light bulb go up a lot more times during the day than um, 
than I do. And, you know, yeah, those those are the, the perks of homeschooling. It's so funny because I say one of the pros of homeschooling is your kids are always with you. One of the cons of homeschooling is your kids are always with you. Right, exactly. You know? so, when, when do you get a break? Because I think that, you know, when we thought, we were joking a little bit in the beginning about how some moms really do look forward to dropping their kids off at school because it's kind of like a glorified extended child care um, and we get some time and a few precious hours to ourselves. So when and if, you know, do you have time for yourself during the day? And that is hard. Normally what happens, I'm with them all day from the time we wake up. And it is a more relaxed atmosphere. Um, right. We're not rushing around. Like <laughs> but I would say by 5 o'clock, I'm done. I'm tired of the, the talking and the questions and the, you know, when they're small, it's just talk, 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 question, 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 question. Oh. And so <laughs> I normally, at 5 o'clock, they know to go in the playroom and play. They're allowed to watch something on TV or a movie or something, but I'm done. I want to go make dinner, and I really don't want anybody talking to me while I'm making dinner. That's some time for me alone. And then the moms groups will have, they have a mom's night out. And there are times, you know, both both parents really need to be committed to homeschooling because there are times I'm like, you know, I say to my husband, I, I just need to go out and I'll walk around Barnes & Noble for a little while. Um, mm-hmm. Because you just need that break away from it, away mm-hmm. from them. So, so it seems yeah, like next year it's going to go to the next level if you're going to include the twins also. So that's interesting, too, how to balance the different levels of education when you have multiple kids. Right. There, there are curriculums that allows you to teach from one, one, um, one guide, but yet to, to each level. Uh, not real familiar. Where do, you, where do you find where do you find the curriculum? Because that was one of the things that was you know my immediate question was where would I get the guides to help me figure out what to teach my kids? Well, I will say there is so much out there. It's like, you know, when you're pregnant with your first child and you go into that baby superstore and there's like 15 different bottles and, and you're like, oh my goodness, I don't know if I can do this. Um, for me, I went to a homeschool convention in Orlando and it was amazing and there was so much stuff. It's, it, you really have to do research online. Um, and of course, people are a great resource. You just start talking to people find out what they're using, what they like, what they don't like. Usually people are pretty honest. They'll be truthful with some of the little things that they don't like about a particular curriculum, even though they are using it. And then you just you have to do the research. I do most of it online. There is a book that, that um, I have. It's called 100 Top Picks for Homeschool Curriculum, and that was a great resource to start off with. And I still use it. I still go back to it. What what online resources or websites can we send people to? Like, what are your most common uh, sites that you peruse for information? Well, the other thing that happens is I talk to people and find out a particular curriculum. And then what I do is I'll put that name of that curriculum in and then put reviews after it. I'll Google that. <laughs> 
and then okay. you will get all different types okay. of message boards, um, just people, blogs, talking about that particular curriculum. Now, do you switch off? Um, or do you plan on switching off um, with your with the other moms who homeschools as far as like subjects or days or you know having more of a community of moms who are teaching the kids or do you think you'll be doing this basically all on your own? I prefer to do it all my own. The old homeschool group that we were a part of really enjoyed that, and there are groups there. There's a type of education called classical education where the parents take turns um, with a particular curriculum. I prefer that, and that's probably because my son, the way he learns is different than most kids. So I don't, I, I'm not happy or comfortable with that type of atmosphere yet. It feels competitive to me. Um, I like the natural learning that we do at home, especially for these young ages. And maybe when he's a little old, we can push a little more competitiveness. But right now, I want him to enjoy learning, and I, I want him to do it for the sake of learning, you know. I, so I'm not comfortable with those situations yet. Right. But, the, I mean, there are groups out there where you can yeah. kind of, and, yeah. Um, yeah. and when I was, Doing research, that was something I was I was surprised about, but not too surprised about that um, a lot of the you know the states have their compulsory education requirements and um, and sponsor curriculum that they do, but you know um, groups of moms can kind of create their own mini private schools depending upon your state. So I think when you go about to try and homeschool your kid, you need to first look up like what your state does require. Um, and a lot of the states do require that you follow and kind of piggyback off of what the, you know, the public school systems are doing and what their curriculum is. Um, I can say a great resource if you are considering homeschooling. The place to start is the HSLDA, which is called the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. And you can find them online at uh, hslda.org. And that will give you all the legal requirements to homeschool in your particular state. And that is where you want to start. You need to know how you can, can do this within the legal boundaries of your state. So do you have to submit things to the state as you go? Like, do you have to test your kids? I mean, your kids are young, but um, do you need to test your kids? I don't. There, in Florida, there are a few options. One you can register your child. Your child has to be registered uh, in a school by the time that they're six years old in Florida. You register with the school with a, your intent to homeschool. And when you do that, that you agree that you will um, provide them with a portfolio at the end of the year, and that's evaluated by a certified teacher, certified uh, teacher in Florida. You can have a psychological evaluation, um, or you can, I believe, take a test. We had opted for the, the portfolio, and you just keep samples of your work, your reading list, um, a schedule of what you've done, and it's pretty simple. 
now, all this sounds expensive, too. You know, one of the things that happens when they go to school and they do all these projects and admission to museums and, um, or in my case, overdue library books, but that's a whole other story. Uh, <laughs> um, no, really, it, 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 do you get any kind of financial breaks or um, reimbursement? Because although you do pay your taxes, which go, there is a portion that goes to the school system, um, I know you don't get it if you send them to private school, but is there any kind of, I mean, basically you're running a business. You're keeping records. You're doing everything. How does it work from a financial standpoint, or is it a big financial, a bit of a financial burden to homeschool? It's not a financial burden because there are sources that are not to do with your kids. Um, you know, I bought a co complete curriculum. I believe it was $300 for the whole school year. And we supplement with library books. So to me, that is not a big, big expense if you're going to be sending your, your kids to um, a private school. Right. Um, you could go crazy. But you, you, still have to, you still have to pay your school taxes, right? We still, we still pay school taxes. And I believe there are things available to us through the public school system. Um, I haven't looked into that. I know since we do pay taxes that there are things that are available to us. And there Yeah, you you can use a swing set on Saturdays. Right, <laughs> right. So um we don't you know, we have our own um PE class, um, which is an expense but it's worth it. Um and then, you know, we have the extracurricular activities that a lot of kids who go to traditional school have, but right. the benefit is a lot of it we can do during the day. Right. Um, and we're not rushing around at night, you know, trying to do all these different things to fit everything in. Right. It does sound much more much more relaxed and it's you know, that to me is is appealing. Like when I heard, you know, I could have my kids sleep late and <laughs> not have to rush to make the buzz at eight fifteen in the morning, like that sounds good to me. <laughs> But exactly. the added component of actually, you know, being responsible and when I wrote the um the blog this week, which by the way, the the theme of the week is old school question mark, no homeschool and the pearl of the week is a new time out. And when I was really, you know, picturing how it would look, I kept thinking of like, you know, different tribes around the world, both past and current, where um, you know, back in the day, there weren't any public schools, and I think people forget that pu the public school system is a new, you know, relatively new institution, and it is a modern institution, um, and in a way, it makes life easier, in a way, it doesn't. Um, but back in the day, you know, everybody homeschooled, and the community or your tribe was really responsible to teach your kids, and you move from member to member to basically get, you know, a different, a different um, different study or a different subject, and then I was thinking of like, okay, so if I'm sitting at my holiday, you know, my next holiday family meal, and seeing all of my relatives around, like, and who would be teaching what to my kids, like, that just kind of sent me off hysterically laughing. Like, my dad would be teaching history, my mom would be the, you know, the crazy art teacher, my aunt would be, you know, the science teacher who never shut up, like. And it was just like, you know, could I really subject my kids to that? Like, they're probably better off 
having, you know, having different, more formal teachers who've been trained than my crazy family teaching them, you know, about right. life and math and whatnot. And, you know, I just think um, when you take that on for yourself, that responsibility to, to teach them um, at least what we determine as the core, the core values and the cornerstones of our educational, um, of our education in America, you know, which is math, science, English, um, and hopefully, you know, the arts and music will continue to, to be a part of it. Like that just to me is so, so enormous of a responsibility to do and to take on. And it's such a sacrifice for parents. Um, in a way, yeah, you have it easier. Your kids are with you. You don't have to push them out. You don't have to deal with, like, being class mom and figuring stuff out with, you know, your other, you know, a lot of the BS that goes on in some of the schools. But at the same time, like, you really don't get a break. And you're, you're on duty 24-7. You know, I'm, I'm sure that you wouldn't be able to, to continue your career now um, and being able to work and homeschool your kids. Like, that's just not, not a possibility um, as far as making that really great sacrifice of the stuff that you want to do. So, um, you know, I know for me, like, it's just, it's just not, it's just not a viable option, but homeschool is really the old school way of educating families and your children. Yes, it is. It is, and, and people are starting to get back to that. You know, school came yeah. around, or, um, Compulsory school came around during the Industrial Revolution. Everything started to change. And it's mm -hmm. funny, now we're in the information age. And, and parents have a lot more information available to them. That when they start thinking, well, you know, I, I can do this. Um, mm -hmm. it's making, it, it's, it is really making a comeback. When I was, you know, reading the statistics, and there's a great website that I found that just had all sorts of statistics about education, and it's the National Center for Education Statistics. And um, they were saying in 2007 there were over a million Americans who homeschooled their children. And while primarily, you know, it's still kind of within the stereotypes of, you know, the parents chose to do it for religious reasons or they had safety, um, they had safety concerns about the school environment of their local school district or they were dissatisfied with the academic instruction that was given, um, you know, it really, there is still a growing segment of the population that is making a comeback and it is starting to be a rising trend again that people and parents want a non-traditional approach to education where, you know, and I would I would take it, and this is this is my own take on it, where people are ultimately dissatisfied and do think they can give a do a better job. And when you're when you're um, when you're a parent now, and you look back and you think, well, I'm not applying what I really learned in school in my day job, so why was that really necessary? And I think a lot of the the parents are starting to question what is the true key to success. And if it is through education, what kind of components of education um, is really core to that? Is it learning algebra? Is it learning about ancient history? Is it learning this? And could you restructure it in a way that fits 
more of the modern times and the modern family unit, which, you know, a lot of families don't just have nine to five jobs, which in the industrial education, industrial revolution, as you were saying, when school started, it was, you know, parents were going to work in the factories and you dropped your kids off at school. Um, so, you know, we live in a, a more pliable time in a modern, you know, the modern work world is much different than, than that time. So there are ways, and I just want to say to our listeners, if you are listening live, the streaming is going to stop, but we we are going to continue talking for probably another five minutes. So you'll have to just go back and listen um, in the archives to catch the end of the show. So, But we can continue talking here. So, you know, I think as times continue to change and the, schools, the school schedule and the school um, system kind of doesn't, <laughs> I think more people and more families will choose to homeschool their children and see that as perfectly capable, they're perfectly capable uh, of doing so. So, um, you know, again, I just, I just really admire anyone who does undertake the, the great responsibility of being also responsible for their education. You know, I kind of like you know, like like a lot of other parents, like doling out the responsibility um, with, with respect to raising your kids, especially as far as education um, education goes. You know, one good thing that has helped me a lot and hopefully would help someone else, and this is even, you know, whether you homeschool or don't, is is to come up with a mission statement. You know, look at the end. When, every, when school is all over, everything's said and done, what, what do you want your children to look like? And, you know, that helped me so much because they could write out goals that would help us achieve that, some of them academic and some of them not. So, you know, just a mission statement for the family is, is, a, great, is a great place to start. What do you want? What is the end result? What do you want it to look like in the end? Right. I think that that's so key that's because great. I think, yeah. Sometimes you get caught up in other stuff and then at the end of the day, you're like, why am I wasting my time having my child do this or that? When it, if it's not really, you know, it sounded like a good idea at the time, but it's kind of like the lighthouse. If you have that mission statement and a place to always kind of, and you know me, Cynthia, don't force it. Don't do something... Just because you get caught up in it, you can if you, if it doesn't match what you really want for your kids, then just stop. It's okay, you know. Right, and I think the probably the the overarching theme is that what you expect for your child um, and intend for them to look like might be a much different setup than what your local educational system is preparing them for. Right, um, and I. And I think that's really a key a key piece to this that you really need to, as a parent, um, kind of almost be a spy like before your kid goes into the school systems and check out the other kids and talk to the other parents and find other um, other parents in your area who are homeschooling their kids and check them out and check their kids out and see, you know, take an honest look at who your kid is. Um, and yourself of what you're personally capable of doing and, and make make that decision. You know, nobody nobody can make it for you. And one of the reasons why I was so, 
um, keen on wanting to do this show was to kind of debunk the myths and the stereotype and like you were saying, Tracy, take the weirdness out of the possibility of homeschooling and, um, and you know, not have it as such a ter- stereotypical ooh-them type thing, but really seeing it as a viable option for some parents. And if there are parents who are on the fence, I mean, I'm not going to push you off one way or another, but, you know, just to know that you are armed with support, there is a, a ton of resources out there. Just Google homeschooling, you'll start seeing, um, you'll start seeing what comes up. The other, the other site that I found um, that I thought was really interesting and had a, lots of information was called Let's Homeschool, and that was just letshomeschool.com. So there are people out there to help you, and like Melissa always says, like once you once you set your course on something, um, you better get yourself a big couch because you are not alone, and you will fill your, fill your couch up with many people who are facing the same issues and deciding on the, on the same things that, that you are. So Tracy, I'm, I'm really, again, just very happy that you were sharing um, that you're bold enough to, one, undergo the experience of homeschooling, and then, then two, uh, just nice enough to come on to the show and share your experience with us and the Mama's Pearls community. I really appreciate it. Oh, it was my pleasure. Enjoyed it. Ah, thank you so much. Now, Melissa, do you have any final questions? Because I, w- I do want to go through my Come Tell Mama questions, which I've been slacking on. <laughs> no, I think it's a fascinating conversation, and, and definitely I'm excited to get Tracy into our Mama's world and ask us some come tell mama questions and um, also just invite her and the kids up for a, a New York uh, curriculum <laughs> when she's ready. <laughs> yeah, what is that consist of, like taking, the, taking her to Coney Island? <laughs> I was going to say, if you're on the Cynthia <laughs> Melissa curriculum, there'll be a lot of eating involved and we'll take you to like the best places to eat. So that's important. Well, that's It'll be like an yank. international cuisine curriculum. Exactly. We'll have to take you to um, to Yankee Stadium and Coney Island and the Statue of Liberty. It'll be a very fun filled fun Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds fun. And it- Awesome. Okay, so all right, so that's going to close out our substantive portion of the show for Mama's Pearls. But we never, or at least I, I've been slacking the last couple of weeks, but I want to get back into the rhythm of asking our Come Tell Mama questions because it just gives the community like a different insight into into our guests here. So um, my first question for you, Tracy, is one that I see as so important considering that you are just completely devoted to to your children um, and have basically sacrificed most of your f- free time and waking hours for your children and you know sacrifice might be a little harsh but you are girl you are you are sacrificing for your kids so when you can and you have some spare time what is your luxury indulgence I love this like I, I like to go to Barnes and Noble have a latte walk around, peruse the different books, and my favorite thing to do is just take a bath. I mean, they're take not a huge what? luxuries. Take a bath. Mm-hmm. They're not huge luxuries. Um, but you know, I'm an only child, and I definitely need to have that time away. And regardless of what it is, we live near the beach. A lot of times I can just go to the beach and sit for a little while. Um I, just to have time alone, it, that's that's key to me. A lot of times for my birthday, this is terrible, but my husband will ask me what I'm 
want some time alone. And so he'll take the kids away or I'll go somewhere and and that's what I'll enjoy. <laughs> I love that. For my birthday, I want you to get out of my face and take the kids with you. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew that Tracy did that, and I asked my husband for the same thing for Mother's Day. I was like, I want you all to go. <laughs> yes, yes. And come back uh, with dinner. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, next question. So which of the following would you choose? The best sex of your life, the best meal of your life, or the best sleep of your life? The best meal. Yeah, that's my girl. Our <laughs> language. Yeah, you're speaking my language. I mean, we had a run on with sex for a while, but I'm I'm liking you, meal. Okay, so which is your favorite movie genre? And I can give you some some helpful hints in case you forget. There's comedy. There's romance. There's horror. Action. Sci-fi. Um, drama. Yeah, I like drama. I like I like true stories. Drama. Drama, non nonfiction. Okay. When it comes to food, do you prefer sweet or salty? Salty. Oh, and I just remembered another question I wanted to ask you. Okay. What do you consider your most beautiful feature? Hmm. Wow. Oh, there's so many. Come on, Tracy. My smile. Ah. And what is the best advice that your mama gave you? Mm. Trust your instincts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Okay, wait. I forgot to ask you a question earlier, and it was really probing my mind. Like, what about when your kids are sick? Like, do you have sick days, or is that still, like, a teachable we moment? Have six, we have six weeks. And, I mean, six sick weeks. I mean, because when somebody gets sick, they can't all get sick at the same time. We have to, you know, get sick in a sequence. So sometimes, sometimes we'll we'll be sick here for a month, but um, you know, those are the days. But is it like is it like the show must go on, where you're still teaching them? It depends how sick they are. Yeah, you know, if they have a little, if they have a little bit of the sniffles, you know, it's like, come on, you can do this. It could be a little more reading, um, maybe more educational type videos, you know. Right. Um, if they're throwing up, you know, that type of thing. Well, we could just forget school for the whole day, and we have a fun day. Um, you could teach them about indigestion. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what about snow days? Well, we live in Florida. Right. Oh, yeah. We don't get we those. We don't have snow days. We do have hurricane days. Um, <laughs> and, you know, really... Homeschooling does not take that much time of our day. I don't know, you know, if in your mind you're picturing that we get up and then we sit, we come in our classroom and we do all these subjects. And, you know, he's still young, so an hour. And we we will a lot of times divide it up throughout the day. So it will take us time 
but that would be in like 20 minute increments. Right. I mean, I I just see it more as like, you know, each moment is kind of a teachable moment and it's what you do at that moment. So if you're with them all the time and you're, and your main goal, I mean, our, all of our main goals as parents is to educate our child in one way or another. But, you know, is it, do you have time when you're just, you know, downtime in the day with the kids where they're, where it's not um, substantive? Yeah. Right now, <laughs> well, right now they're, they're watching a movie. So, I mean, we can, <laughs> we can do the time. We'll do some schoolwork because a friend came over during the week and we played and had fun. Um, right. I just really need a break, and so we will have quiet time. <laughs> and everybody needs to get some books and go lay down in their bed and look at books for an hour. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I do let them, I let them play on the computer. Um, they do watch TV. Um I kind of have, you know, I use those sometimes as a babysitter to give me a break sometimes. Right. I think everybody does, and we've, we've talked about that a whole bunch of times on Mama's Pearls about TV being used as a babysitter, and I, I personally don't see anything wrong with it. I just know that if I was homeschooling my kids, like our school uniform would be our our pajamas. Our pajamas every day. And a lot yeah, of people don't believe in that, but we are comfortable that way. Right. And I just, you know, I just think it takes in an extra special parents who really dive into and develop the curriculum and stay with it and be consistent and have a schedule mapped out for, for your kids. I mean, I think, Melissa, you would love it. <laughs> like right I up your alley. Say, I think I would go a little bit, like, crazy with my kids and, you know, I'd get the desks, I'd set up the room, I would probably get a little too intense with it, so. You, you would totally have a whole, like, star sheet, you know, where you get, like, gold stars. Like, I think your whole house would be, like, littered in, like, achievement charts. <laughs> Multiplication tables, the periodic tables, you know, your language tables, your alphabet. That would be, like, your wallpaper. People would come over and be like, why is your whole house labeled? Long story. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That would be Melissa's house. Mine, not so much. I'd be like, eh, history. All right, let's put on History of the World Part 1. There you go, guys. Mel Brooks for you. <laughs> and, you know, there are there are great curriculums out there. One that we're probably going to start next year is called Story of the World. And, you know, these the, this curriculum, they come with the story. You read the story, and then there's all types of activities. And you pick what it's for you. So, well, I, I would even think I would be biased as far as grading goes. Like, oh, honey, you tried so hard. You got close enough. Here, here's an A. You know, we'll just kidding. My kids don't know like yeah. Right. They have no idea, and they will. I mean, we won't ever have grading. And they did hear it on some TV show. And I, I my son asked me, did I get an A on that? And I was like, what? <laughs> Where did you learn that? So different. It really is so different. And again, I'm just I'm just completely in awe and it's just left um Melissa and I asking so many questions to to each other and to the community this week. And thank you so much again for just opening our eyes to this alternative our ter- alternative 
and old school way of um, educating and raising your children. So, Tracy, thank you so much for, for being with us. If anybody has thank questions you. for for Tracy, you can email Melissa and I, and we will forward them them on to Tracy if you wanted to know more about the process and, and her experience. Um, but thank you again so much for, for coming on, Trace. Wow. So that was just amazing, huh, Melissa? That was, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I immediately, because she's part of family, I, didn't, I had my myths and my fears, but I feel like, you know what, I'm actually past that point where if it ever did come to me or there was an issue or a problem, that I would definitely open up my eyes to, to thinking about, I wouldn't be as intimidated by it as right. I was an hour ago. Um, and it's interesting because we, we immediately think about curriculum and education, but there's so many other components to uh, what we expose our kids to when they get on the bus every day. And like we said, if they go to a rough school, um, you know, there's so many issues with bullying and, and even guns in classrooms. I mean, across the country, we, we deal with so much more than just what our kids are learning about, but also the environment that we've exposed them to. And so... Um, yeah, but let let alone all health concerns that we that we have going on. I mean, there's like an outbreak of bed bugs in in certain parts of this country. You know, <laughs> that's enough for me to keep them at home. Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And and I think an amazing point that she brought up that I never even thought of was the fact that you know what, Hassan may you know it can be detrimental when a kid who does have some sort of learning. Um, disability is kind of thrown thrown into the cage with other children and expected to keep up with them. I mean, you have to put it on the same level as a physical. You wouldn't expect someone with, you know, one leg to be in a marathon along with or, or to have the same expectations. And I think it's wonderful that she's, if anything, it's even compelled her to be more involved with her, with her son. Right. Because you need to take it a little bit slower and a little bit differently. And, and the truth is, it's interesting. A teacher can't change the way a child learns, even though she's sitting there with 17 or 18 kids in front of her. And each kid has a different way they learn. And um, you know, you got to hope for the math. Right. And you really you will learn, um, at least if you allow yourself the space to try different methods, the best way to teach your child and to basically customize the curriculum for your child. And I think any any family looking at um, looking at it, trying to decide what educational pathway to put your child on. I mean, I think one, one thing that we've illuminated this month is that there are so many different ways and different paths and roadmaps available for you and your family that to just be honest um, with yourself and arm yourself with the knowledge of the different um, the different pathways and make the choice that's best for your family. And, you know, you can't worry about what other people are doing. If it works for your family, that's what you got to do. So um, I think, again, this was a really informative show, and I agree that I just, I just feel so um, really empowered after each show, I just feel very empowered with the information that is shared um, by our guest and with what we're talking about. And next week, I want to talk a little bit more, considering the back-to-school month is a super long, super long month, just closing out the, the theme with talking, um, talking about special needs and with a teacher who um, is a speech and language 
teacher and possibly with a, with another mom who has a special needs child to really see how you can do more for your kids, what's available, and how you can really customize to to customize their education to um, cater and consider their your child's needs. So um, I'm excited. Gems, which will be posted on Fridays. Join us on Facebook at Mama's Pearls. Join us on Twitter at SinTweet. Um, and again, all of the blogs for Mama's Pearls and M's Gems can be found at www.mamaspearls.com. I should also mention with our sponsor, Little Pim, any of the products you buy, you can get a 15% discount if you enter the code PIMPEARLS, P-I-M-P-E-A-R-L-S. You can listen to okay. any of the past shows. Do you want to say something? Well, I was going to say also the one thing that's nice about Little Pim also, she has a teacher component. So if you are out there and you're thinking about language for homeschooling or at least doing some sort, there's a teacher curriculum on the Little Pim series as well. So I think that was a nice tie-in from last week too. Yeah, she's got so many amazing products, so definitely go on to um, littlepim.com and search around and see what language you're into and what you think will work best for you. Um, you can listen to any of the past show, including last week's show with Julia about Little Pim, um, in the archives at blogtalkradio.com slash mamaspearls. You can email Melissa and I anytime. I'm at Cynthia at mamaspearls.com or Melissa at mamaspearls.com. And we are just here to remind you to enjoy your children and your family. Say I love you. And remember that the ultimate comeback is of the homeschool. And even though it might seem like a new time out for you, you're really going to wind up experiencing a whole new level um, of joy and enrichment for you and your family. So everyone, have a wonderful week. And we will chat with you back same time next same time next week and by the way dad happy birthday happy love you happy birthday we love you <laughs> <laughs> can't, for, can't forget that can't forget that i would be a dead ducky my dad would definitely get old school on me if i forgot to mention it's my dad's birthday and it's a big six so love you dad love you okay bye-bye bye, bye. bye